Wednesday, September the 9th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, shots between India and China exchanged and vaccine trials paused. First, the world in brief. China's army said Indian troops crossed the country's disputed Himalayan border and fired warning shots at Chinese soldiers. India denied that and said Chinese soldiers had fired into the air. Soldiers have clashed previously on the so-called line of actual control, but the latest incident marks the first shots fired in anger in 45 years. Trials of a COVID-19 vaccine developed by Oxford University and AstraZeneca were put on hold for a second time after a participant contracted an unexplained illness. Much hope has been pinned on the vaccine, which is being tested on tens of thousands of people in phase 3 trials. A spokesman said such pauses were normal. Illnesses often happen by chance. Last week's slide in tech stocks continued after the long Labor Day weekend. A falling oil price also battered energy stocks. The Nasdaq index closed down 2.6%, the S&P 100 1.8%. Tech stocks had performed well when much of America was locked up at home. Tesla's share price also plunged after the electric car maker failed to enter the S&P 500. Non-Fu share price closed up 54% on its first day on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. It fell a bit in early Wednesday trading. The Chinese bottled water company raised $1.1 billion in its IPO and made Zhong Shanshan its founder, China's third richest person. China declared its intentions to set new global data security rules in a riposte to American efforts to discredit Chinese technology. The government says it will not ask companies to share data from abroad or build backdoor access. The announcement comes days before the sale of TikTok, a Chinese-owned social media app, is due at the behest of Donald Trump's administration. Vladis Dombrovskis, a former Prime Minister of Latvia and the European Commission's Vice President, will take over as the EU's top trade negotiator. He replaces Phil Hogan, who resigned from the Commission after the government in his native Ireland accused him of breaking lockdown rules. A new Irish Commissioner, Mairead McGuinness, has been selected. She is to take Mr Dombrovskis' financial services portfolio. A Sri Lankan politician who was convicted of killing an opposition activist was sworn in as MP. Primalal Jaisekra, a member of the ruling party, had been sentenced to death, but only after nominations closed for last month's elections, meaning he was allowed to contest the seat. Mr Jaisekra opened fire at a rival party's election in 2015. And editor's note. In some editions on Tuesday, we repeated the text of a story on EU-British trade talks under a headline about Mexico's budget. Sorry. And now here's today's agenda. Prime time. Japan's leadership race. The three men vying to succeed Abe Shinzo as leader of the Liberal Democratic Party and hence as Japan's Prime Minister will hold the first of two debates today before Monday's vote. Mr Abe is stepping down after almost eight years in office because of ill health. Don't expect vastly different platforms. Yushihudi Suga, Mr Abe's 71-year-old Loyal Chief Cabinet Secretary. Shugari Oshiba, 63, a hawkish ex-Minister of Defence and Agriculture, and Mr Abe's sole competitor in the 2018 election to be party leader, and Kishida Fumio, also 63, a Liberal former foreign minister who is now the LDP's policy chief, all want to change Japan's constitution, ensure a free and open Indo-Pacific region, and revitalise rural areas. The debates will not change much. Only 141 of the 535 votes come from rank-and-file party members. 
Mr. Suga has already secured the backing of five of the LDP's seven factions, which will cast the other 394. Shots fired. Sino-Indian border clashes. Regardless of which side fired the warning shots that sounded along the disputed India-China border on Monday night, the use of firearms marks a serious escalation. The two countries have been locked in a standoff for months. In June, a gunless brawl in which at least 20 Indian troops were killed quashed what little trust was left. Both sides began massing forces. An Indian raid last month at Chusul, supposedly to preempt a Chinese move, riled China by using a Tibetan man's unit to capture territory. Over decades, agreed protocols at the border included forbidding firearms and keeping heavy weapons to a minimum. Now Ladakh is one of several fronts where the two countries are locking horns. Last week, India banned 118 Chinese apps. A day later, India's chief of defence staff hinted at starting freedom of navigation operations in Chinese-claimed waters in the South China Sea. Old understandings seem to be crumbling fast. Data-driven. Palantir's Analyst Day. Palantir, a controversial data mining firm, will hold a virtual analyst day today to drum up interest ahead of its flotation on the New York Stock Exchange. Attendees will have uncomfortable questions about Palantir's work with clients such as the Pentagon. In its prospectus, the firm concedes our reputation and business may be harmed by news or social media coverage. But for putative investors, a bigger concern will be that the 17-year-old company has never made a profit and is still hemorrhaging red ink. Last year, it lost $580 million on revenues of $742 million. Executives will argue that things are looking up. In the first half of 2020, revenue rose by 49% year-on-year, while losses shrank. Sales may exceed $1 billion for the full year, thanks to Palantir's work analysing COVID-19 data. Only the stock market listing, expected to take place on September 24th, can reveal whether these numbers are impressive enough to allay investors' worries. Clouds on the horizon. America's vaping industry. In the early days of vaping, America's Food and Drug Administration took a light-touch approach to regulation. Not anymore. Today is the deadline for firms to file applications to the FDA for permission to sell vaping devices and the e-liquids that go in them. Six leading public health and medical organisations, including the American Heart Association and the American Lung Association, are urging the FDA not to authorise the sale of flavoured vaping products. They say these appeal to children and there is a lack of evidence that they will help smokers to quit. Pro-vaping groups are worried the regulations will drive small vape manufacturers out of business. Although some public health experts argue that vaping is helpful for weaning smokers off their toxic habit, vaping's rise among school-aged Americans has alarmed parents and politicians. This, in turn, has driven the regulator to take a tougher stance. For vaping firms, the future looks hazy. Going it alone. Ethiopia's contentious vote. Voters in Ethiopia's northernmost region, Tigray, will today defy the central government by heading to the polls. National elections were postponed because of COVID-19, and the government of Abiy Ahmed, the Prime Minister, has deemed the regional vote unconstitutional. Tigray's rulers, the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front, who controlled the federal government for nearly three decades before Abiy ousted them in 2018, have said any attempt to stop the election would be a declaration of war. Abiy has ruled out using force, but some of his allies are less diplomatic. Journalists have been barred from travelling to cover the election. 
some officials have indicated that they might retaliate by slashing federal subsidies to the region. Tigre's ruling party, not previously known for the strength of its commitment to democracy, is unlikely to lose today's vote. But the price will be a further deterioration in relations with the central government, and just possibly a step towards the breakup of Ethiopia. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Leo Tolstoy, who was born on this day in 1828. Honest work is much better than a mansion. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 